Happy Tuesday! Watashi wa Nikku desu. Watashi wa Aran desu. And welcome into the dungeon. This week we find ourselves atop a snowy hill where after a battle with those three ogres, shrew shrubberies, aka Bernie's bonsais, are preparing to make camp for the night as the snow has been falling heavier and the cold wind has been biting at your faces. We should make a camp and light a fire and keep warm. It's it's a rather chilly night. (sighs) Yes, I agree. Perhaps, uh, perhaps the three of us should bunk together, or at least two of us bunk together whilst one keeps watch. Mm, yes. So I want to gather some logs, some firewood, and start a fire. Okay, it's still snowing at the moment, so it's going to be quite hard for you to find some dry wood. But you've got some tinder and your survival kit to get you going. You spend a little bit of time looking for some twigs and branches that you can use. Most of it seems quite damp, so it's going to take you quite a while to get this fire started. But sure enough, you persevere, and you get it going. There we are. Starting to get a little bit warmer. I'll get some some food ready, and you guys decide on the order of the the watch. Okay. I'll take the first one today. Fine, yeah. Wake me up in the next, and True can take the last one. Yes, yes. So you guys make your, your dinner. You've erected your tent. And now both Shrew and Fabian retire into the tent, snuggled up nice and close, whilst Fenner keeps watch outside. So I'm going to ask you to roll a perception check for Fenner while she's taking watch. All right, today I'm resting, big boy. He needs a bit of rest. He's had a couple of busy weeks, and now he rests. Well, he had one busy week. The week before, you only rolled twice. (laughs) (laughs) True. Okay, that's a three plus three. Total of six. Big boy is coming out again. Short-lived rest. Whilst Fenner's keeping watch outside, you find yourself slowly starting to drift off into sleep. You find yourself now, back on the hill where you'd vanquished the ogres. Their corpses lying where you and your companions had felled them. You find yourself being pulled towards them, slowly walking there, hearing the soft crush of snow under your feet. As you start to get closer, you feel this strange energy coursing through your veins, your sense of hearing and smell heightening as you realize that there is movement coming from the ogre's corpse. Whilst you stop in your tracks trying to ascertain what this movement is, Suddenly a large swarm of rats emerges from behind the ogre. Surrounds you almost like a cloud in a whirlwind. Rats climbing your legs, scurrying up your back. You start to feel this sense of exhilaration, of belonging to a pack. Before your body starts to twist and convulse, as you collapse to the ground, being engulfed by the swarm of rats 
you get this sensation that you're starting to shrink. And as you look down at your body, you see fur sprouting all over your skin, your fingers elongating into these sharp claws, your face stretching into a snout, and your teeth growing into long, pointed fangs. You try to fight against this transformation, but it's too late. You've been overcome by the power of the curse. And before you know it, you have shrunk down to the size of one of the rats and have become one with the swarm. You begin to scuttle off into the distance with your new pack, smelling prey nearby, and your instincts take over as you feel a sense of darkness creeping into your soul. The primal urges of the rat begin to take over your mind as you abruptly wake up from your dream in the middle of the night with a loud gasp and in a cold sweat. No! <laughs> Uh, are you okay? I think I turned into a rat. I oh. check my body. You've got no fur? Oh, sure, you've got whiskers. I, I touch my face and, and check. Yes, I had a dream. What's going on? Is everything alright? Yes, I think I had a, a dream, a nightmare. Where I, I was engulfed by rats. I, I turned into a rat myself and... I don't know. Uh, clearly, uh, we're still affected by this curse, and as the days go by, I think we're getting worse. Yeah, let's go to sleep. We we need to we we need to rest. You've got whiskers again. Yes, yes. Uh, Fenna told me, but oh, there's, there's Fenna. nothing. Fenna has whiskers too. Well, uh, obviously we we are turning. Uh, we need to make haste. Hope we find Sister Garel alive, and that she can help us. I'm afraid we'll be lost to this curse. I don't think we can control it. I felt evil. Oh no, sure. It's I don't okay. want to be evil. No, no, no. I know. It's okay, Will. We're almost there now. Let's try and get a good rest today and tonight. And and head head on over to the lighthouse tomorrow. We'll, we'll have this sorted in a few days. No doubt. Oh, I really hope so. But what happened? Our whiskers had gone, my tail had gone. Oh, do I still have a tail? And she reaches over, and there isn't a tail there. But she does have the whiskers, as do you. I, I don't know exactly what happened, Fenna. It's very strange. It's as if the curse reverted, and now it's begun again. But if that's the case, I don't know what's caused it. I don't know. Perhaps it's because your senses heightened in battle. The last time it disappeared was after we fought with... Was it Zeline, was it? You think battling... Makes it happen quicker. Or perhaps danger. Perhaps when you feel threatened. We turn quicker. Or it takes hold of you. Mm. So your defenses perhaps are lowered. Perhaps. In any case, it serves us no good. We will find fights in, in this lighthouse, no doubt. This at the, the end is the same. We need to reach Sister Garel as fast as we can. It doesn't matter what causes all of this. We need to get cured. I agree. Let's rest as best we can. We'll have a busy day tomorrow. Yes, we've got another full day's travel. I reckon we'll reach there by sunfall. Hmm. How long have you been guarding Fenna? Well, it's only a short while more before I went to wake Fabian. Well, I'll take this watch. You sure, sure? Yes, I can't sleep right now anyway. It's okay. You you get some rest, Fenna. Very well. Please wake me up for the next watch, through. Yes, yes, I will. And I grab the warm blanket, wrap it round me, and I begin my watch. 
Your watch passes quickly and without any events, as your mind's been occupied by this dream you've had. You awaken Fabian, and he takes his watch. Now the, the first morning light starting to shine. The shrew shrubberies awaken, begin to take down their camp, and start making their way towards the Sword Coast. We have breakfast on the go. Some hard tack and, you know, some jerky and all that kind of stuff. After about six hours trekking through these rolling hills, the snow has finally let up as you're now getting closer towards the coast. And you're seeing the high road now. You continue marching on, crossing it, you do not see anybody, no, no other travelers on it or any bandits. You continue your way down to the coast. It's now early evening. The sun's strength and warmth starts to wane. You can now see it slowly sinking into the Sea of Swords. And you've reached the top of this high cliff which hugs the coastline. You're about 15 feet or so from the edge, which you can see drops a hundred feet to a beach below you, where you can see an outcropping of rock surrounded almost entirely by water. You can see there's only a narrow causeway connecting it to the beach below. Atop this outcrop sits a stone building surmounted by a lighthouse tower, solitary sentinel standing watch over the treacherous waters below. Originally built to guide ships for the rocky shoals and perilous currents that surround the coast, it is a testament to the bravery of those who man it and to the power of the sea and the elements that they face every day. You are struck by it as a place of danger and beauty, where the forces of nature are both to be feared and revered. Beyond the tower, you can see the broken masts of several sunken shipwrecks jutting up from the water. The air is thick with the smell of salt and seaweed, and you hear the sounds of the waves crashing into this outcrop as the winds whip round the cliffs, buffeting them with fierce gusts. Your eyes turn to the beacon of this lighthouse, as you see this eerie green light pulsing from it, shining westward out to sea. I'm going to ask you to give me a perception check. 3 plus 3, 6. Okay, give me a perception check for Fenner and Fabian as well. Okay, for Fenner. 4 plus 3, 7. And for Fabian? 17 plus 1, 18. Can you guys hear that? I hear nothing. Shh, careful. What is it? You now become aware that with each green pulse of light, you hear the thump of a slow beating heart, the same tempo as those green pulses. Hmm. Yes, yes, now that you mention it, I do hear a heartbeat. It seems to be in sync with the, the lighthouse. Hmm. As you hear this pulsating heart, your attention suddenly turns to this beautiful, almost magical song that you're hearing echoing from across the lighthouse. I'm going to need Shoe Shrubberies to give me a wisdom saving throw. God damn it. One for all, or I roll individually? One each. Okay, first is Shrew. Total of 18. Okay. Now I'm going to roll for Fenner. 11 plus 3, 14. Okay. And for Fabian, 17 plus 1, 18. Okay. You managed to shake off the song that was drawing your attention. Or did you hear another equally beautiful song when you to repeat those wisdom saying throws? Okay, again, true first. Natural one. But I can't roll natural ones, so here we go again. 14 total. Okay. Fena. 6 total. Avion. Natural 20. Okay, so as you're both trying to decipher where this music's coming from, the sun's almost now at a level where it's hitting you straight in the eyes. But you catch a glimpse of Fenner 
having walked those 15 feet to the very edge of the cliff, and we needed to make a wisdom saving throw again. For who? Fenna. Okay, can I grab her if I've seen she's walking towards the she's cliff? She's 15 feet away from me at this point. Can I run and grab her? She needs to take a wisdom saving throw first. Total of nine. Of nine? Yep. Okay. You're seeing Fanna now, literally walking off into the sunset. You see that her foot has gone over the edge, and her second one's about to go over. Because you said you wanted to try and grab her, I'm going to give you a, an opportunity for an acrobatics, an acrobatics check. Fenna! Fenna, what are you doing? Stop! Fenna! You get nothing back from Fenna. She's literally walking over. You start rushing towards Fenna, your hands stretched out. You're now seeing this hundred foot drop. Fenna's walked over the edge with both feet. She starts to fall. I need that acrobatics saving throw from you. Yeah, she gone. That's a total of six. Fenna! Fenna, grab onto my hand! Your hands just grasp air as she starts plummeting a hundred feet towards the beach. As Fenna's falling, you're hearing this third strange song again. I will need Fabian and, F- and Shrew to give me a wisdom saving throw. Shrew first. Another natural one, so let me roll that again. Big boy's not behaving. Total of 16. Okay, and Fabian? Fabian, total of 20. Fabian's rolling high today. So as you're screaming down at Fenna, she's falling hard and fast towards the, the beach. You see this strange creature. Looks almost like a woman, but with these wings that look like a vulture. These claws. She's swooping down towards Fenna. You see that she grabs her just as she's about to hit the floor. She starts trying to fly up with Fenna in her claws. And as you're seeing this happen, you see another two of these creatures flying towards you and Fabian. Ananda! You wretched beast! We will see the fury of Shrew's robberies. Bring her here to me, now! Fenna! Fenna! You get nothing from Fenna as this creature starts struggling, flying towards the rocky outcrop on which this lighthouse is. The other two are racing towards you and Fabian, and we need his roll for initiative. Damn it. Without our healer. Natural 20 for Shrew. What a waste. And 5 for Fabian. Actually, roll for Fenner as well, please. 14 for Fenner. Okay, so Shrew's going to be at the top of the initiative, and you're seeing these two creatures directly in front and above you. They're about 50 feet away at this point, and the one carrying Fenner is about 80 feet below you as you stood on the edge of this cliff. You realize now that you're completely immune to these creatures' songs. You've realized that it comes from them. It's not having any impact on you whatsoever. Specifically, it's not having any impact on me only. Now that you or Fabian seem to be affected by this anymore. So, directly under this cliff, what am I seeing here? You're seeing one of these winged beasts carrying Fenner off. What I mean below that? Am I seeing rocks? Am I seeing water? You're seeing a small beach and then the water before this outcrop with the lighthouse on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, if what you're trying to ascertain is whether you can dive from the top into the water, then no. <laughs> is there an apparent way to get to that outcrop from where we are now? Yeah, as you're looking around, you see this staircase carved into a narrow fissure in the rocks leading down from the cliff. Exactly where we are now. About 40 feet to your left. Okay, I want to dash down those stairs. So that's your action then, yeah? I'm turning into bear shoe first. Okay. Would the bear fit down the stairs? No, it's a very narrow fissure. So as you're running towards this, I'd say that you're starting to repair your wild shape 
as you start running and you're realizing now that as a bear you won't fit through this very narrow stair. I do so as shoe, then I run down the stairs. Okay, so you rush towards these stairs and using your your action to do so, you get about 10 feet down these stairs. As you're glancing around, you can more or less roughly calculate that the stairwell winds down about 120 feet as it zigzags across the cliffs. Is Shu doing anything else? No, I'm staying there. As you're making your way down these stairs, you notice one of these creatures flying towards you. This creature is now directly above you, but she's used her action to get there. With that, it's over to Fenner. I'm going to ask Fenner to make a wisdom saving throw again. Total of nine. Fenner just hangs there limp this creature's grasp. With that, it's over to the other creature that's making its way towards Fabian. And likewise, it seems to have used all its movement to get there. It's not going to be able to take an action. The creature carrying Fenner. You can see now that she's flying towards this outcrop. Fenner's now over the sea. You can see that she's gone about 40 feet. It's over to Fabian. Is that Harpy within striking distance of Fabian? Yeah, she is. Okay, he's gonna try and hit her. Yeah, she's hovering above him at this point. Okay. Takes his sword out and with his two hands tries and slash her. 14 to hit. Yeah, that hits. That's a total of 13 damage on that Harpy. She shrieks out in pain. She definitely felt it. You see these feathers flying off from where Fabian's sword has slashed into her. Is Fabian doing anything else? Not for now, he's staying there. Then it's over to Shrew on the top of the round. How far away is a creature from me? Within Again, within striking distance? Yeah, she's directly above you. So if you were to continue running, she would get an attack of opportunity on you. Okay, I want to try and grapple her. Okay. Total of seven. Seven eleven. You got eleven? Yeah. Damn it. Is Shrew doing anything else? No. Okay, incidentally, it's over to this same harpy that's directly above you. And you see her flap her wings and throw herself into you. We need you to make an athletics or an acrobatics check. Total of ten. She slams into you. You feel your feet almost give way on the edge of these stairs. You catch yourself looking down towards the bottom of this cliff, just managing to hold on, almost going tumbling. Precarious. Now it's over to Fenner. We need you to make another wisdom saving throw. Come on, Fenner, you got this. 17. True! Where am I? Who are you? Fabian and True will have heard Fenner's shouts coming across the, the sea now. The beast that's above Fabian is taking a swipe at him with her claws. So her first attack with her claws strikes Fabian, but as she follows up, she misses, dealing Fabian five slashing damage. The harpy that's carrying Fenner we can see now that as Fenner's awoken from her trance, she's wriggling as she's above the, the sea. You see that this harpy's now struggling to fly with her. She only makes it another 20 feet across. So that puts her at 80 feet away from the cliff's edge, above the water, and moving towards the, the rocky outcrop. So as a Fabian. Fabian is going to try and hit that harpy again, the one that's attacking him. Total of 11. That just hits. <laughs> really? Good thing I have that sword. Yeah, the plus one. Just with both hands again? Yeah. For a total of 11 damage. She shrieks out in pain, her wings flapping more violently now as blood starts falling on Fabian. He's gonna go again. Action surge? Yep. Mm. Natural one. So that inspiration you gave me. (laughs) (laughs) Was it just for Shrew or can I use it? It was for Shrew. Especially as neither of your party were there at the time. So yeah, it's for, it's for sure. So with this blood falling down on Fabian, some of it gets in his eye as he's swinging his sword violently, catching the air. The sword almost slipping out of his hands, but he manages to hold 
firm onto it just at the last moment. Fuck. Is Fabian doing anything else? No, no, he's staying there. Then it's over to Shrew. Shrew is tussling with this harpy back and forth. He's trying to grab on. She's trying to shove him. And now Shrew is going to try and grab on once more. I'm going to use my inspiration. What was that? Like a reroll? Reroll, yeah. Okay. Come on. <laughs> what was the inspiration? Worse than the actual? It was slightly better, but only slightly. Total of eight. I won't insult you with my roll. If you want to look at it, it's on my book. No, I'd rather not. <laughs> it wasn't a natural 20, but not far off. So again, you try to grab onto this creature. The wings flapping. You just can't quite make it. Is Shrew doing anything with his bonus action? Nope. I'm just going to shout out to Fena. Fena, hang on. We'll be there for you, don't worry. It's incidentally over to this creature now. This time she's coming at Shrew with her claws. First attack misses. Second attack is a 19, which hits. And you realize that you don't take any of that damage from her claws. It's over to Fenner. Give me a perception check for Fenner. 15. Fenner's getting her bearings. She's dangling above the, the water as this creature is trying to fly her towards this outcrop. She catches a glimpse in the waters of a fin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's not a dolphin. He won't know until you get in the water. Oh, damn it. So it's over to Fenner. What's Fenner doing? She's only about 20 feet above the water at this point. Well, after seeing what's below her, you know, imagining it's not friendly. How big is the fin? Can she tell? And she's looking at this fin. She can see the silhouette of the body under the waves. It looks to about 15 feet long. This would be a large beast. Yeah. Oh, fuck that. She's she's <laughs> gonna... She's going to stay put where she is and hope that wherever this harpy is taking her, it's a friendlier place than the sea below her. Somehow, I don't think it's going to be much friendlier. Yeah, I know. But rock on a hard place. At least she'll prolong her chances of surviving. Fennec can also see that about 10-15 feet in front of them, there's a small rock jutting out of the, the water. Okay, in that case, Fena will want to hold her action to try and break the grapple as soon as she sees a harpy fly over that outcrop, that little rock there. Okay. How, how far is it from her currently? About 15 feet only. Okay. So they'll be over it in the, the harpy's next, next turn, yeah. Okay. So the harpy that's tangling with Fabian is going to disengage and she starts flying over the cliff edge running parallel to it and over to Shrew and it's now over to this other harpy the one carrying Fenner she's struggling as Fenner's holding on for dear life now and you're now over this small 10 by 10 foot rock where Fenner wanted to try to break the grapple so I'm going to ask Fenner for either an athletics or a acrobatics check okay she's going to do an acrobatics check total of 14 she starts wriggling and twisting as she sees her opportunity and she just manages to twist out of this creature's claws She's now falling these 20 feet towards the this rock. Gonna ask her to do another acrobatics check this time to see how well she lands. Come on, Fena. You got this. No, you don't. Five. Five. Okay, she sort of wrestles and wriggles her way out of these claws. She suddenly feels herself falling, except she's falling on her back. She hasn't been able to twist over in time, and she thumps into this rock, taking six damage Oof. and landing prone but she's free for now at least. Except when she hits it, boom, and this fudder hits her, and she's completely winded. She's prone, but she doesn't seem to have taken any of that damage. Mm, perhaps the, the rat blood. This harpy's now realized that its quarry has wrestled out of its grasp, 
and she's swooping down to attack Fenner. With her claws, the first one hits, and Fenner would have taken five slashing damage, but again, she doesn't seem to respond to this, this attack at all. She's completely unfazed. It's over to Fabian. The harpy that was fighting him is 40 feet to his left, towards the stairway in the fissure, where Shrew is battling with this other harpy. He's going to drop the sword and take out his bow, try and fire at the harpy that fled him. Total of six. This creature's flying, and Fabian's trying to, to take aim. Out of the corner of his eyes, caught this glimpse of Fenner falling onto this rock, with the harpy chasing after her. He seems distracted, and his arrow flies off, completely missing this creature. Is Fabian moving, or is Fabian staying put? No, Fabian is staying there as he dropped his sword. He's going to want to pick it up next turn. Okay, it's back to the top of the round, and Shrew. Shrew, for the third and final time, is going to try and grapple this harpy. Total of 14. It's the first natural 20 of the night. <laughs> oh, damn you. <laughs> when I roll above a 10, you roll a natural 20. <laughs> Typical. I've, I've actually offered Al to come no, and see I don't, this. I don't want to is... see anything. I don't want to see it. I, I couldn't believe it. My, my eyes will burn in rage. <laughs> <laughs> so again, you're trying to grab him between the feathers of this creature's wings and its talons on its feet and its claws from the hands. You can't quite grab on. Hmm. Is Shrew doing anything else? Yeah. He's running down the stairs. Okay, so you'll provoke an attack of opportunity. Yeah. Which completely misses. Okay, and it's over to this harpy then. She swoops down with her wings. She's going to try and shove Shrew again. So I'm going to need to give me an acrobatics or athletics check. I'll go first this time. Total of 14. Natural one. Which you can't roll. No, so I'm going to roll again. Damn that halfling luck. Could beat a 14. Total of 20. Yeah. Nice, so she swoops down. You manage to just dodge out as she sort of hits the handbrake <laughs> and comes round again. That's the end of her turn. It's over to Fenner. She's got this creature hovering above her while she's lying prone on the rocks. Okay, Fenner is going to try and cast Guiding Bolt. Okay, so even with her directly above her, which would be a disadvantage. Yeah. Okay, then roll to hit. As a level two. It's do or die. With disadvantage, total of 14. That does hit. Oh yeah, it does. Let's go, that's 5d6 damage. 16 damage. On that biatch! She lets out this guttural shriek as she takes a full brunt of this force at close range. You see these wafts of feathers explode all over the place. She's felt that attack and she looks pissed. The harpy that was fighting Fabian and had changed its quarry to Shrew. She's gonna use her action to get right on top of Shrew. It's over to the harpy that's now hovering above Fenner. She seems confused to see this small gnome not have taken any damage from that fall or from her attacks. And even more shocked to see this powerful force erupt from her. She's going to disengage and start flying towards the, the outcrop. So it's a Fabian. He's going to use his action to pick up his sword, I imagine. And then he's going to run down towards the harpies and Shrew. Okay, Shrew, what you going to do? So Shrew is running down these stairs, down this narrow fissure. And he's got two harpies directly above him, harassing him as he's trying to make his way down. He's going to keep on dashing all the way down. So as you're running down, these harpies take their attacks of opportunity. You feel the claws both make contact with you. But again, you realize that you haven't taken any damage where you should have. <laughs> these don't seem to be hurting as much as they should. Not at all, rather. And again, this harpy swoops down after Shrew. It's going to try and shove him again. Needs to roll a dexterity saving throw. Total of seven. This time... You feel the full weight of her throw into your body and you catch yourself losing your footing. You start free falling 50 feet down towards the bottom of the beach. 
as your body slams into the the rocks below. So what would have been 25 bludgeoning damage as you fall down this cliff face having been pushed off these stairs. You hit the ground with a thump. You feel the air completely leave your chest as you're completely winded. You're there lying on the sand and the rocks prone. But you realize you haven't taken any damage. You haven't got so much as a bruise or a scratch on you. <laughs> oh, oh, what's it is? Oh, I feel fine. Hmm. It's over to Fenner. She's seeing this harpy that had been on top of her and had taken the brunt of a guiding bolt 40 feet away from her across the water, flying towards this outcrop. She looks behind and she had just caught sight of you falling down. Shrew! Shrew! What's Fenner doing? Fenner is trying to hit that harpy that's flying away from her once more. What level is she casting this at? Two again. Okay, so roll to hit. That's a natural one. That's a natural one! Damn it. So this guiding bolt leaves her hands, misses the harpy, but strikes into the wall of the lighthouse. I hate the eyes. It's over now to the other harpy that has seen Shrew fall down. She's heard Fabian running towards them. Fabian's only ten feet down the stairs. She starts swooping down towards Shrew, who's lying on the, the beach and on the rocks. And she's literally on top of Shrew's chest now with her claws ready to strike at him. It's over to the harpy that was carrying Fenner. And you're seeing that it's gone to the left of this outcrop. You see this small leveled cliff face with these bunch of branches and twigs. Almost looks like a nest. This creature only seems to be about 10 feet away from that now. It's over to Fabian. Fabian's 10 feet down this stairwell. True! He's gonna carry on dashing down, trying to catch up to Shrew and Fenner. So Fabian's now 70 feet down this stairway. He's got another 50 feet of winding staircase to go. He can see Shrew lying on the floor with one harpy directly on top of his chest and the other just 15 feet away from Shrew. It's over to Shrew. And as you're laying there, you feel this protrusion coming from your backside. I touch my backside and anticipating a tail. You've got a little stump sticking out. Oh no, I'm... I'm turning. I'm turning. I want to try and bite the harpy. That's Shrew. Okay, the roll to attack. I'll say you can add your dexterity to it. Total of seven. You gnash at her with your your teeth. You can't grab onto anything as you are. Gnashing away. You don't hit. Shrew doing anything else? No, he's staying there. So it's over to the harpy that knocks Shrew downstairs. She's swooping down. She's going to try and grapple Shrew. You need to roll an acrobatics check. Total of four. The harpy also rolls a four. <laughs> oh yeah, but you still managed to grapple me. No, no, it's it, oh, it safe. Yeah, oh, good. just safe. Nice. It's now over to Fenner. But before Fenner does anything, she's sat on this rock. She's wary of these of this fin that she saw before. She now sees a further two fins breaking through the water, one of which is moving towards the rock she's on. How far is the rock from the mainland? It's 45 feet to the beach and 15 foot to the causeway that links the outcrop to the beach. And from her position, she can see that this causeway goes through this little rock that seems to be some sort of a cave or tunnel that goes through. It's not very big. It's only about 15 foot across. So she can get there in 15 feet through the water and then another five feet or so to climb up onto the, the causeway. And the actual main outcrop is 65 feet away from her. As Fen is taking all of this in and she's looking at the options she's got, I'm going to ask you to roll me a perception check. Total of 16. Her gaze focuses on this building. Her attention is drawn to the right of this building just beside the circular tower that leads up 
with the beacon on it. She catches this glimpse of this humanoid creature almost looking out over this balcony. What's Fenner doing? She's jumping in the water, trying to swim up to the causeway using her dash action. Okay, so yeah, considering that swimming is at half speed with her dash action, she manages to make it across and climb onto this causeway. And she can see to her immediate left, there's an opening into a small cave. She can see through and that it links to the causeway, which continues onto the stairs. And to her right, she sees that this carries on to the outcrop, where it winds its way up to the doors of this lighthouse. Fenner would have 10 feet left of movement. The cave is, is 15 foot to her left, and there's a good 50 or 60 feet for her to make her way towards the outcrop and start the ascent. So what's Fenner doing then? She's made her way across. She's got 10 feet left of movement. Would that take her into the cave? She'd be five feet away from it. She wants to stealthily go up to the cave. Okay. Give me a blind stealth roll then. The harpy that's directly on top of Shrew's chest is going to take her claws to swipe at him. Both of them making contact with the sand under Shrew. You see that the harpy that was carrying Fenner is now sat atop the outcrop, looking out across the sea into the beach. So it's a Fabian. Fabian is carrying on down, dashing, trying to reach the bottom. Yeah, his dash takes him literally just onto the the last step of the stairway. So it's a Shrew. So I want to... Stand up, for one. Okay. And then I want to cast Thunder Wave as a level two spell. That was a constitution saving throw, if I recall correctly. Yeah, constitution. It's been a while since I've heard that song. <laughs> constitution time. <laughs> constitution time. <laughs> okay, so the first harpy has rolled a total of nine. Fails. And the second harpy has rolled a total of 17. Saves. The first one get pushed back five feet and take the full ten feet. Ten feet. Ten feet and the full brunt of your damage. Which is 3d8, as it was a level two spell. Okay. Roll for damage. That's a total of 14 damage for one and seven for the other. They both shriek out in pain. They both look winded, confused, and quite hurt. Is Shrew doing anything else? No, I'm staying there. Okay, so the first of these harpies, the one that got pushed back, starts to take flight into the air and starts to dash away across the sea giving you an attack of opportunity. Alright, I have the Warcaster feet, which means I can actually cast a spell to try and hit it instead of using my staff. I'm gonna cast Poison Spray, which means you need to make another Constitution saving throw. Constitution 10. There's a total of 19. Damn you. Yeah, saves. So it doesn't do anything, yeah? Nope. Okay, she's racing across the sea towards her nest. It's over to Fenner, who is moving towards the, the cave entrance as stealthily as she can. Is she continuing? Yes, she wants to try and make her way into the cave. As she starts moving into the cave, drenched from having swum across, she starts walking in, the feet slip, and she falls, making an almighty racket. She looks up, into a shock, standing on the what would be the exit to her as she's coming from the other side. She sees this giant crab look at her, quite perplexed, before this ghostly apparition appears in front of her. He looks to her like a ghostly elf, with gills and webbed hands and webbed feet these spectral garments swaying through as almost as if she was undead and floating underwater. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Should have stayed out there with the harpies. This coast is fraught with dangers. What's Fenner doing? Well, she's gonna stay put. She's just gonna kind of friendlyly tell the ghost that she means no harm, that she's just passing by and she just wants to get out of the cave. So she's just sort of putting her hands up and... Yeah. Is she using... 
her action to dash back out, or is she just staying put, as you said? Is she five feet away from the ghost? The ghost is to her immediate left in a small little opening. Um, yeah, she says that, and she runs, like, with her hands up, like, clearly showing she's no threat to anyone, and tries to run past the crab. So, yeah, just important to point out, this crab is classed as a medium beast, and little old Fenner is a small beast, so the crab is actually bigger than she is. Fenner is not a beast, to take that back. <laughs> <laughs> well, she can be. <laughs> yeah. She's actually probably the one that's dealt most damage in our party. Okay, she gets as far as in front of the crab, and she's waving her hands, and this crab sort of raises its arm, and almost almost appears to be waving at her. Friendly crab, eh? So she has to stop? She's not. The crab isn't allowing her to pass? The crab is not allowing her to pass. But it's not attacking her. It's not attacked her. Okay, she kind of backs off a bit, if she has movement. She's able to back off a little, about five feet. This spectral beast is there beside her as well and she's staying there yeah with that it's over to the harpies okay the other harpy that was in front of shrew that's taken the damage from this thunder wave had been pushed back 10 feet and she's gonna fly using her action to dash across the sea as well this one doesn't provoke an attack of opportunity and even if she did you haven't got a reaction left it's over to fabian fabian's at the bottom of this stairwell sees shrew stood up having cast that thunder wave and he's seen these two harpies now they're 80 feet over the, the sea once again, he drops his sword and tries and fire an arrow at one of the harpies. Total of 17. Yeah, that will hit. That's a total of 7 damage. 7 damage? Max damage on the dice. So yeah, this arrow <coughs> fires clean through this beast's wing. And you see it start to lose control, start spiraling, and suddenly just falls out of the air into the water with an almighty splash. And Fabian's now aware of these fins in the sea that turn their attention towards this splash shark dinner is Fabian doing anything else Fabian is staying there to pick up his sword again and <laughs> is next to him I'm gonna ask Fenner to give me an animal handling check total of 14 she's seeing this crab again waving its claw she interprets this to be friendly jester why well met there oh! <laughs> he talks alright I assume you've already met the evil harpies that nest atop the rocky outcropping and that's about as much as he's going to be able to say in this turn. <laughs> that's awesome. I don't need to use a spell slot to talk to him. And behind Fenner, she's now seeing this spectral being come towards her. She's eyeing Fenner up and down and looking towards the crab. But she says or does nothing. So it's true. Has Shrew seen that Fenner left the little island and swam to the causeway? Shrew can see that she's not on the rock where he had seen her. Remember that Shrew had fallen down himself. And now as he looks over, he's realized that she's not there. Okay, like, judging by the situation, I'm going to assume that she she's either being captured by the harpies, which I can see the harpies don't have her. She's fallen to the water and is now shark bait. But I can see that the sharks are, you know, otherwise engaged with the new snack that fell from the sky. Or that she probably swam to the closest land which is a causeway so i'm going to dash towards it so as you run towards the causeway clambering up it and rushing towards you suddenly see this small cave leading through the outcrop you see this giant crab bigger than you are stood there waving its claws to a rather confused fenner that you can see through the through this opening 
You're just five feet away from the entrance. If I can, I just want to say, Fena, are you okay? Is, is this crab harassing you? You just see it, Fena with a very confused face, her jaw sort of dropped open wide. Incidentally, it's now over to Fena. Shrew, this crab can talk, unless this is some sort of strange power that the curse has given us. That's about as much as I'll say Fena can get out at this moment. Is Fena doing anything? I should have also mentioned that you can see behind her this spectral being as well. Oh, yeah, Shrew could see the ghost. Yeah. Probably would have asked <laughs> about the ghost <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah, you would have only had six seconds, and, okay. you know, this crab is bigger than you and Fenner. She wants to hold her turn and ready the dodge action in case someone lunges forward to attack her. She wants to take the dodge action. And with that, it's over to the harpy that's flying across the sea. And with a movement this time, she reaches the nest that she's got there. She's taken refuge and you can see her licking her wounds. Metaphorically. She's not licking them like a cat. And with that I'm going to say that we're out of initiative and the battle is over. Fena! There's a... There's a ghost behind you! Oh, yes, I've seen! But the... Oh, well met, halfling! Hello! What is your name? I don't have a name, but... uh. I serve my master. Who is your master? Well, uh, she is. And you see him wave his claw towards the spectral being. What is her name? Her name is Miral. Miral? And her spirit haunts this cave. Hmm. Unfortunate. For you? Yes, she was killed by the half-orc that runs this lighthouse. Damn, a half-orc. And before she finally gave her last breath, she seems to have imbued me with this ability to talk. Mm. So that hopefully I can get somebody to help her lay to rest. Well, you can count on us. We've come here precisely for that reason. We want to take care of this half-orc. Destroying all these ships that come close to the lighthouse. No good. Sebastian. Who is Sebastian? Uh, I wish to name you that, if it's okay with you. I think it's, it's, it's sad that someone should not have a name to go with. Well, I'm very confused about what has happened. Well, I was just a crab, minding my own business, and now I can talk. Well, Sebastian, the seaweed is always greener. So, perhaps now with your newfound powers, you're better off. Well, the half-orc took her spell-casting focus, an opalescent conch, as a trophy. If you'd be so kind to retrieve it and bring it back to this cave, it will set her spirit to rest. Yes, yes, of course, Sebastian. We will try and retrieve your master's conch. Does does she talk, or is she unable to converse? She's unable to converse. But if you would be so kind to do this, I'll fetch some treasure for you as a reward from one of the wrecks. There's a number of shipwrecks around here. Really? But I I wouldn't want you to get hurt by those sharks. Oh, I know my way around these waters better than those sharks do. Really? But you should Mm. be careful. Mm. There's a mean old brute called Dagamore. Dagamore? He'll bite your head off and take great pleasure in it. Hmm. What is Dagamore? She's a large hunter shark. Hmm. I'm good with that. Okay, okay. We'll we'll be passing by your cave then. Stay safe. We'll be back with a conch and with good news about Mo being defeated. And that's what we're going to call a night. Damn it. Moesco. You're going down. We made it to the lighthouse after one year of playing almost. Yeah, you actually mentioned at the start of this episode that you had your notes. And what date was it? 
when you first yeah, heard? Yeah, we were talking off mic and I noticed that the first mention of the lighthouse was actually on the 23rd of April 2022. So almost a year since I heard about the lighthouse. I've, I've now finally reached it. And this was going to be a free episode campaign. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, definitely didn't, um, definitely didn't predict that very well. So it's been more than a year since we started recording now. Yeah, six months since we released the first ten episodes, but a year, just over a year now since we started playing. Mm-hmm. And what a year it's been. Really fun. The most D&D I've ever played, and for sure the most fun I've ever had as well playing d and I've never had a, a session like today with creatures being carried off by monsters and people falling down cliffs. <laughs> yeah. And a talking crab as well to top it all off. Nice. I love the crab. Anyway, if you'd like to hear us talk more about this episode, head on over to our i2td.com, our website. We've got a link to our Buy Me A Coffee page there. And as part of our membership tiers, you can actually listen in to our reflection episodes, which air a day after the actual play episode. So in this case, if you listen to this on launch day, tomorrow, come and listen to us discuss what's happened today. Yeah, exclusive on Buy Me A Coffee. There in Buy Me A Coffee, you can also find our shop where you can buy us items as one of donations, which will be reflected in game. Yeah, it's your chance to become a part of our story. Yeah, and help us progress and defeat this evil dragon eventually. Yeah, we'll get there eventually. Mm -hmm. Someday. Also, please, it really helps a lot if you leave a review and a like on your podcast player of choice. Yeah, and if you're one of those that listen to us on YouTube, make sure to subscribe, click like, and give that little bell a -a ding-a-ling. Ding-a-ling-a-ling. And that brings us to today's ad swap. Yep, back by popular demand. And we're going to play their ad now as we go down under. All right, one more time. Let's hear it for Reflex Save. Hey, cool people. Do you like mead, magic, and long walks in the icy tundra? Ever wonder what your sled dogs are thinking about? Why not cap off your night with a frosty tabletop adventure? You're my mum. They made me out of meat. Meat mother. What have I done? Is your grandma dying a lake? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I have to ask. Uh, But it's actually because I bought some boxer shorts from Targets recently. And they forgot to remove the security clip! <laughs> In bust we must. In bust we must, indeed. On wood? Excuse me, oh, young careful, man. Careful, I've got a cut bum. <laughs> Wait, do you have a missing ring finger? No, I got yours, no. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. No. Fuck, this a member of Kingston. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting all sweaty and I need a Kingston. She is desperate to keep her realm, and she will fight any that would take that away. Well, grab your Ugg boots and join Reflex Save every Wednesday on your favourite podcast platform. Yeah, their links are in the episode description. Make sure, if you haven't already, to give them a, a listen and a follow and a like. Today, before we head on to the end of the episode club, I had a little game we've played on Twitter before we started recording this episode. Big Al put out a question, or rather a tweet, asking if there were any questions that people wanted us to discuss at the end of this episode. Yeah, accompanied by a photo of us in this steamy recording studio. We have a total 
of two questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, one seems to be more of a challenge. We might be here for a couple of hours. Yeah, so let's go. Let's answer the question first and then go to the challenge. Yeah, for sure. So, Neil Ravenscroft. I love that name. Epic Ravenscroft. Yes, yeah, good name. Epic name. He's asked us how long does it take to do your average length episode after recording, editing, and adding sound effects, etc. Yeah, I think this is a two-part question because we split the duties here. Um, I hate to answer with the age-old how long is a piece of string, but it all it all depends because the process we've got at the moment, or rather, let's let's start at the beginning. The process we had at the beginning. <laughs> the process we had at the beginning was sit down, <laughs> make make yourself make a, cup a cup of tea. Coffee. This is going to be a long one. No, I, I promise I won't waffle too much. When we first started in the podcast, Al used to do all the editing, and by that I mean. You know, the, the cuts and all the <clears throat> and coughs and all the lengthy rule checks and, and all that jazz. And then he would pass it over to me. I'd do the mastering, you know, doing the EQ and the voices, a bit of compression, reverb, uh, noise reduction, etc. And the music. And then I'd, I'd go on to do the music. But lately we found a, uh, a slightly different workflow in the sense that before I now upload the, music, the, the episode for Al to edit... I do like a first pass through it and I splice it up into different sections so I'll I'll identify where the roleplay starts, where the battle starts and end. If there's a particular spell that goes off I'll, I'll mark it. And as I'm sort of scanning through the the audio, I'll you know, I'll delete certain bits to, to give Al a bit of a help because I think his part of the the work takes a little longer on average than mine does. Mine all depends on how long I get bogged down in the music. And sometimes that's very long. And other times it's not so bad. So we'll streamline that answer. Al, how long does it take you on average to edit an episode? For me, when I get the episode, even if it's spliced or not, it kind of takes the same amount of time. It's much easier to work with when you've done the first pass, obviously, because now I know where everything is and then I can add the truncate silence, which is basically a, a tool that cuts out long silences and makes them shorter. Um, Something so, we learned the hard way, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I was doing them manually at one point. So when we started, it probably took me about six hours just to edit one episode because I was going through every silence and shortening them manually. But now it takes me around four hours. Generally, it's more or less the same time. Depends on the length of the episode as well. If it's a very long episode or not, if it's a fight or not. If it's a fight, usually it takes longer because there are more pauses and more checks and more this and that. When it's a roleplay, we usually just freestyle the roleplay and it's you know it's one take so there's much less to edit but in generally three to four hours is what it takes me so to answer the question <laughs> after about five minutes of waffling as we tend to do in between nick and me what are you talking about probably six seven hours of editing possibly more because if it's taking you four the mastering part of it doesn't take me too long for me it's the complete opposite to al if it's a fight episode i just throw on the fight music that i've picked for that particular mood and then I, I'll go layering it with some ambience and stuff so if it's a fight episode perhaps it'll take me about two hours on top of the, the 45 minutes if it's a roleplay episode I get dragged down the rabbit hole there and I start mixing three, four, five different songs with different um, soundscapes in the background and I, I start finding little bits within a song that I want the crescendo to peak at the right moments when 
truth having a dream or for example when Don John left, lost his head so those episodes perhaps similar to Alan like three four hours easily so that would probably take it to yeah about eight hours per, eight episode, hours per episode. episode so the short answer around eight hours okay and that takes us on to the second question that we received which is from Albion Abyssey's geographical Almorak was that the word? Almanac. Almanacs. Apologies for that. Just a shout out to them. If you haven't checked their stuff out, make sure you do. It's awesome. Check out their website. Yeah, and they've asked us, and this is dangerous now, which one of us would win in a no-blink staring contest? Well, well, well. Well, well, well. I'm inclined to say me. Oh. Alan. Ditto. So. I will say me as well. They have no idea how competitive we are. <laughs> we might be here all night now. So I bring out the proverbial gauntlet and slap you across the face with it and challenge you to a no-blink-staring competition. Is this a straight-up one-off or are we doing a no, best out of three? A one-off. We'll be here until tomorrow. Yeah. This might be a... Has it already started? No, no. Okay, but I can close my eyes. I'm telling you now, if I lose this next episode, I want a rematch. <laughs> okay. Same here. <laughs> All right. Okay. Are get, you ready? Get, get my blinks out. Okay. Okay. What are the rules here? Are we allowed to make each other laugh and stuff, or just a straight up stare down? Actually, yeah, just a stare down. Okay. Perhaps a no laugh challenge might come in the future. Yeah. So just a stare down. Let's see who wins. Are we starting? On the count of three. One, two, three. I can't even you're, talk. You're dying there. I can see your eyes turning red. Yeah. You're tearing up. <laughs> so the answer, Albion Absi's geographical almanac, is Alan. Alan has won this round. Alan wins in a no-blink staring contest. <laughs> Thank you very much for, for asking the questions and providing the challenge, guys. And we'll probably do it every week <laughs> this yeah. has been fun yeah. <laughs> hopefully some other join and ask us more questions or give us challenges and that brings us on to tonight's last one standing the end of the episode club yeah this is episode 34 34 you should know what you're doing by now if not I will very briefly explain that what we will do is give you a password and you've got to insert it in a witty comment or remark on your podcast player of choice if it allows you to do some comments like good pods or on our social media or discord channel so what is today's password al today's password is the seaweed is always greener well there you have it we hope that you've enjoyed today's episode and we hope that you join us next week as we delve into, into the, the dungeon, dungeon. True, is that a is that your sword? <laughs> no, it's my sausage. <laughs> Why are they mate? Come on, 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 come
Que la panza no puede. Panza me da panza, bish. Sí. Estamos pagando panza ahí, bro. El mío es como más duro, ¿no? Sí. Te voy a decir todo el inflado de la laga, this week. El mío es Chubby Wubby. Como de tanto porquería, Claudio, de years. Ese fucking bread, ¿no? Sí, compa. El mío parece Patsy. Oh, Sebastian. The seaweed is always greener. So, perhaps now with your newfound powers, you, you're better off. Hmm, perhaps. I have the urge to sing. <laughs> <laughs> well, be my guest. <laughs> <laughs> well, the half-orc took her spell-casting focus. A conch. A conch of the... <laughs> <laughs>